This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us. Coming up, some really, really good news about the COVID numbers here in North Dakota. Also, Governor Burgum held his COVID presser earlier today. Does North Dakota, excuse me, does the United States suddenly have 52 states? I'm going to explain. It came out of the presser. It's it's just interesting to watch. Now, tonight, what I really want to focus on and what's very, very important for you to realize is that this whole impeachment trial, I know you may not be following it super closely, but it really is about you. That's the subject of tonight's point of view. You and I both know in order for President Trump to get convicted, the House managers are going to have to persuade 17 GOP Republicans to get to that magic number of 67. 17. I mean, the chances of that happening are pretty much slim to none, although although after watching President Trump's defense attorneys yesterday, there, there might be a chance. Let's just put it that way. But in reality, it's, it's slim to none that they're going to flip over 17 GOP centers. And that's why tonight what I want to share with you is just some really fascinating information about the persuasion of politics. As you're watching this in the news, because I know you're going to see it, just how to watch the information because what they're really trying to do these house managers is to lay the foundation to persuade obviously you but as well as to persuade public opinion because they're going to start laying down the foundation planting the seeds to start passing some laws that they've been wanting to pass for quite some time we've touched on some of those things here on the show we're going to talk about that in the future when the time is right for you what i really want to do tonight is focus on one particular house impeachment manager that just did an outstanding job earlier today, Representative Joe Nagoose. He's out of Colorado. Uh, but what he did is he laid down three very, very important points, had some great sound bites. I'm going to share with you some of those as well tonight. But he talked about the three main things he wanted to demonstrate was number one, he said was the big lie, right? The election was stolen. It, it's the big lie. Then he talked about how President Trump would go and talk about stop the steal, stop the steal. And then he said, uh, go fight like we're going to use heck tonight, right? Heck to stop the steal. He used a different word, but that was the foundation he wanted to lay here. And I'm going to share with you right now a video from his presentation from earlier today. And I think one of the things that's important to note is to watch, watch how they craft these videos. They've got some very persuasive, very powerful videos they've been showing, showing throughout the day. But watch how he crafts this. He's going to show you a picture of uh, Vice President Mike Pence, former Vice President, uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and then right next to him is going to be a picture of, of former President Trump. What he's trying to do here is create a timeline to show that, hey, as President Trump was speaking, he's also then going to demonstrate that was taken the same place as they were getting ready to do the Electoral College. Now, the reason it's important for two very important things. One is that it starts to demonstrate, because we talked about this last night, the U.S. Code for Insurrection suggests that, hey, if you in some way interfere with the United States or the laws thereof, or you help someone do that, that potentially could mean that you're guilty of insurrection according to the U.S. Code. So that's part of what he's trying to do here. The other piece that he's trying to do is to have something called anchoring. I don't know if you've studied persuasion or not, but it's called anchoring, where he's trying to get your brain to go. President Trump got done talking. They're starting to do actually official U.S. business, U.S. laws thus potentially being guilty of insurrection. Here's some of that clip. On January 6th, as lead manager Raskin said, the exact same day that we were certifying the election results. What time was that rally scheduled for? The exact same time that this chamber was certifying 
the election results in joint session. When did he conclude his speech? Literally moments before Speaker Pelosi had gaveled us into session. Many of us were in the House during that joint session of Congress. From a persuasion standpoint, very, very powerful. One of the things you may notice as well in that picture of President Trump, remember, you hear the chance of stop the steal. This gentleman even used the language stop the steal in his three major points. But that sign there sitting next to President Trump said save America. Real quickly, that's, that, that could potentially be very important, maybe not in this case, but for other purposes down the road with the U.S. D.C. District Attorney because save America is President Trump's leadership pack. In other words, he paid for a majority of that event that day, which could have other incriminating things taking place in the future. Again, if that uh, shows itself to become true, we'll talk about it at the appropriate time. So also one of the important things about persuasion is persuasion through omission. We see that happen a lot when it comes to political persuasion or public persuasion. That's one of the things that happened today with Representative Joe Neguse as well. Here's one of the things he talked about President Trump saying. Remember, and I know you guys know this, but President Trump peacefully and patriotically. We're going to get to that in a moment, but first here's Representative Joe Neguse. How did he conclude that infamous speech? With a final call to action. He told them to march down Pennsylvania Avenue to come here, that it was their patriotic duty because the election had been stolen. Very persuasive. I mean, he, he is very, very good. Again, he told them to march, to come down here and do it patriotically, right? So he laid it all out there, except he forgot one very important piece from President Trump's speech. And I think this is where you're going to see President Trump's defense come up and hang their hat on this quote a lot because many people are going... I know a lot of you have already heard this quote, but here's what President Trump said as well on January 6th. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country. Peacefully and patriotically, peacefully. Now, President Trump said a lot of other things that day as well, but I think that's where you're gonna see the defense hang their hat on peacefully and patriotically. Now, again, we go back, we talked about this last night, that's a single article of impeachment, incitement to an insurrection, incitement to an insurrection. You've seen there, as it laid the groundwork about, hey, this was an insurrection. What they're trying to do is say that anyone that was with President Trump on, on January 6th, listens to President Trump as an insurrectionist. So incitement, the action of provoking unlawful behavior or urging someone to behave unlawfully. Very, very important. I told you this was coming down the pipeline. I told you that the House managers were gonna use some of this. I'm gonna get to it in a moment. But again, you've got incitement of insurrection. So they've laid the groundwork here now, did President Trump incite anybody to go to the Capitol and do what they did? Many of us are going to say, no, you've got to take personal responsibility, obviously, for your own actions, right? But here's what the House managers did today. They used people's own words, and some of it's even from uh, an indictment, so a legal document. Here's what they said earlier today. So you I thought I was following my president. I thought I was following what we were called to do. President Trump 
requested that we be in D.C. on the 6th. These defendants themselves have told you exactly why they were here. You'll see this in the trial. That in the halls of the Capitol, on social media, in news interviews, and in charging documents, they confirm they were following the president's orders. So very persuasive, very powerful, and again, incitement to an insurrection. And when you start using people's own words that were there that day, the woman that you saw that was interviewed there has been indicted, right? She's been charged with what took place at the Capitol, and she's now saying, hey, it wasn't me. I was just following what the president told me to do, what President Trump asked me to do. So I wanted to bring this up tonight just so you can understand how they're going to be using a lot of this video um, and the way they're going to be using it to lay down public persuasion. They're not, <laughs> again, I say this, <laughs> after watching the defense attorneys, I'm not going to guarantee this, but I, I think it's fairly safe to say they're not going to flip 17 GOP senators. <laughs> but after watching last night, you never know. But the point is they're trying to do this so that they can point at Trump supporters as insurrectionists. And they're trying to lay the groundwork for some of the laws that we've talked about previously on the show. And again, we'll talk about that more on the future. So it's important for you to see that this impeachment trial is really, truly about you. And that's the subject of tonight's point of view. We'd love to know your thoughts on that. Let's talk about what happened earlier today. Uh, Governor Doug Burgum held his COVID press conference. I mean, just some fantastic news here, what's happening in North Dakota when it comes to COVID. Let's bring this graphic up. You can see that the numbers have dropped dramatically. Um, there's right now only 759 active cases in the entire state, in the entire state of North Dakota. Wait till you hear this, the 14-day rolling positivity rate, 2.6%. Remember, the CDC a while back said you should be below five. We're now at 2.6%. So please, if you're watching North Dakota, give yourself a pat on the back. Thank you to our leaders. Clearly, they are moving things in the right direction. We're doing an outstanding job compared to many other states in our region. Now, the piece I brought up at the beginning of the show, there's some really good news here, but also some interesting news I want to share with you. And that, that is this. This is going to show you the seven-day um, average, I believe it is. But the, the thing I want you to notice, and it might be hard to see on your screen, is that... <laughs> Governor Burgum said this in the press where he goes, yeah, they're now sending out, this is from the White House data. They're now sending out data, but with the way the White House is doing it, they're doing it as though we have 52 states. So if you can see there, North Dakota is the lowest. We, we, where we want to be, we're, we're 52nd. <laughs> we're, we're 52nd in the entire United States. And I only say this with some chuckle because we all know Again, what's been happening on the Democrat side where they would love nothing more. Now, the reason we're at 52 is because they've made Puerto Rico and the District of Columbia states. And you and I both know that's exactly what the Democrats want to do. They want to make Puerto Rico and the District of Columbia states because if they do that, the Republicans will probably never have a majority in the Senate again. I mean, nunca, 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 right? Never. So they're laying the groundwork. That data there is from the White House. And we now have apparently 52 states. <laughs> also, uh, I want to let you know, this breaking news here, the Senate, uh, thank you, Producer AJ, the Senate just adjourned from the impeachment trial. So if there's any breaking news out of that, Producer AJ, uh, please let us know. But one other important thing to know, we've talked about this a while back, but um, the CDC, I don't know if you, if you know this, but the CDC, the new CDC director, recently came out <clears throat> talking about the going back to school program, said, hey, teachers, 
don't necessarily need to be vaccinated to go back to school. Well, the White House was like, whoa, 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 whoa. They didn't like that. So remember, Dr. Fauci, we brought this up, I think, a couple weeks ago, said, hey, it's now better to wear two masks, three masks. The CDC has now changed their masked regulations, if you will, ideals, saying, hey, please wear two masks. It's probably going to end up being better. So they're advising this double masking. It says wear one disposable mask underneath the cloth mask. The second mask should push the edges of the inner mask against your face. So they're giving you some instructions there, but I want to bring this up to you because, again, we've talked about the confusion coming out of and from the scientists. Recently, we shared with you a clip from Meet the Press, but uh, doctor, he's an epidemiologist, Dr. Michael Osterholm, he's out of Minnesota. He was on Meet the Press. He was asked about double masks. Here's what he had to say. When we talk about double masking, remember, what we're really talking about is just trying to prevent the virus from being excreted by me into the air or me inhaling the virus from somewhere else in the air. And it's both a function of face fit and face filtration. Think about your swim goggles. When's the last time anybody leaked at the lenses? They leak at the, at the fit. And so what we're concerned about is that many of these face cloth coverings do have already compromised fit or filtration capacity. If you add on another mask, you may actually make the, uh, it tougher for the air to move through the two cloth area. And then at that point, it causes more air to actually leak around the sides, which actually enhances your ability mm -hmm. to get infected. So I'm not saying that some couldn't be used in a better way, but at the same time, there are many that may actually, you may do more harm. So there you go. We'd love to know your point of view and what you've heard so far tonight. As always, please stay with us. Coming up tomorrow night is Giving Hearts Day. Phenomenal day. We're going to highlight a bunch of it tomorrow night, but also we've got a couple of special guests from the Mad Foundation. What you can do to serve that foundation for Giving Hearts Day. Stick around. We've got much more coming up. Please share your point of view with us. We'll be right back. <music>